Hi, this is John, by the way, and we are starting a new year in 2024 with looking at the Book of Mormon. In addition to the Follow Him podcast I do with Hank Smith, I do this little thing for our turtle house, usually about 15 to 17 minutes long, with the same curriculum, maybe a few extra things that were not covered or a few things in my individual lessons plans, which I use on the same topics. And today, the title of the lesson is Introductory Pages of the Book of Mormon. And I wanted to focus first on the title page because I think it's it's interesting. I had a similar experience as a writer, not a similar experience, but as a writer, I found I had to clearly define who I was talking to in order to know what to write. <laughs> so I think it first really came clear to me in my first book, What I Wish I'd Known in High School, which was published 30 years ago, 1994. I remember asking myself, am I writing to the popular kid or who seems to have no problems? Or am I writing to someone who wants to be popular that is struggling with keeping their faith? Or am I writing to the struggling kid who's going to school and just going through the ups and downs of high school, who who exactly am I writing to here? And would those audiences even want to read this book? So I really had to get to the point where I thought, okay, I'm writing to the kid who is trying to keep the faith, trying to be an active member of the church, but it's going through the ups and downs of high school, and who's willing to read a book like this that grandma or mom gave him. And I actually put that on a three by five card and taped it to my computer monitor so I could remember who I was talking to. It became even more clear when I wrote what I wish I'd known before my mission. Am I trying to persuade somebody to go on a mission? Or am I trying to give help for someone who wants to go but who is nervous about it or is excited about it and wants some ideas? And then again, I had to ask who would even want, what kind of teenage young man or young woman even reads a book? Well, they're probably one who wants to know, wants to learn. So I decided more I was trying to encourage those who wanted to go on a mission, but wanted some help and encouragement and some ideas of how to prepare. I wasn't trying to persuade somebody to go. And maybe they could read it too and be blessed by it. But anyway, you know what I trying to say is that I had to define who I was talking to and then tell them why I was writing the book. What is the purpose of this book? And it it might help the reader, but it really helped me as an author to know who I was talking to and what I was trying to say. So on the Book of Mormon, on the title page, we have right away in the very first paragraph, what is this book and who is it for? Wherefore, it is an abridgment of the record of the people of Nephi and also of the Lamanites. Okay, what is this? It's an abridgment of the record of the people of Nephi and also the Lamanites. Written to, and you could put little number ones, at little numbers on your title page, written to the Lamanites who are a remnant of the house of Israel. Now, there's one audience, a remnant, the Lamanites, a remnant of the house of Israel. Well, it's a record of the Nephites and also the Lamanites, but it's written to the Lamanites. Why? Because I guess because the Nephites get destroyed as a people, but the Lamanites don't. 
for they are a remnant of the house of Israel. Now, I have to admit, the first time I heard the word remnant was in a carpet commercial. We are selling our closeouts and our overstocks and our remnants. So I guess they had a carpeting project somewhere, these big companies, and they had a a remnant, a, a smaller piece that was left off of a larger piece that they covered a, a floor or an office with. And now they have remnants. And so, oh, I understood a remnant. Here's a piece of the house of Israel. And God is interested in his covenant people, the house of Israel. And so he's writing to those who are remnant of the house of Israel. And also to Jew, who would the Jews be? Well, that's one of the tribes of Israel. And Interestingly, they, mostly the tribe of of Judah, sometimes Jew refers to House of Israel in the Book of Mormon more broadly, I think, but written also to the Jew, mainly the tribe of Judah. And these are people who never lost their identity as members of the House of Israel, who have always maintained that. And Gentile. Who are the Gentiles? Well, there's that dichotomy to divide the whole world into two pieces, the Jews and Gentiles, which they often did, or house of Israel and Gentiles. Gentile just means the nations, and it's instructive to go to your Bible dictionary and just read the definition under Gentiles. So we've got three audiences there in the first paragraph on the title page. The remnant of the house of Israel, that's going to be the Lamanites, to the Jews who will someday have access to this book, and to the nations, the Gentiles. And what I appreciate about this, that Moroni wrote these three audiences, is that sometimes you will hear the Book of Mormon authors addressing different audiences. Sometimes you'll read the Isaiah chapters and think, oh, I already have this in the Old Testament. Why is this here? Oh, well, maybe he's talking to the remnant of the house of Israel, the Lamanites, and saying, hey, this is us. These covenants God made with the house of Israel, these prophecies of the house of Israel that Isaiah made, are relevant because this is us. And maybe that's why Nephi tells Nephi and Jacob, share them with their people to say, hey, we're in a different area code, but we are still the covenant people of the Lord. We are still the same people that Isaiah prophesied of when he said, you who are upon the isles of the sea, and that's how they consider themselves. And then it makes a little more sense. Oh, okay. I see why this is in here. And then also to the Jews and Gentiles. There are some interesting places later in the Book of Mormon where we can see Mormon and Moroni address these audiences. For example, in Mormon chapter 3, when Mormon is trying to lead his people but they are forsaking their faith, he kind of switches audiences. Mormon 3, 16, came to pass that I utterly refused to go up against mine enemies, and I did even as the Lord had commanded me. I did stand as an idle witness to manifest unto the world the things which I saw and heard according to the manifestations of the Spirit, which had testified to things to come. So his own people, he's an idle witness. Idle in this case, meaning unused. Like your engine is idling at the stop sign. It's not being used at that minute. Verse 17, Therefore I write unto you Gentiles, and also unto you house of Israel. Whoa, there's those other audiences. When the work shall commence, that ye shall be about to prepare to return to the land of your inheritance. Mormon 3 verse 18, Yea, behold, 
I write unto all the ends of the earth. Oh, that sounds like everybody. Yea, unto you twelve tribes of Israel. He shall be judged according to your works by the twelve whom Jesus chose to be his disciples in the land of Jerusalem. Mormon 3.19, and I write also unto the remnant of this people. Oh, going back to the Lamanites. And then verse 20, and these things doth the Spirit manifest unto me, therefore I write unto you all. <laughs> so sometimes when people aren't listening and you're an idle witness, that audience expands and he says, now I'm writing to you, now I'm writing to you. There's another place in Mormon chapter 7, verse 1. Now behold, I would speak somewhat unto the remnant of this people who are spared. And then he says to things to them like this, verse 2 in Mormon 7, Know ye that ye are of the house of Israel. People seem to easily lose their identity in the scattering of Israel, forget who they are. Who are the Gentiles? Well, those are the nations. Well, the way the Book of Mormon speaks, I'm one of those Gentiles that came from another nation to this land. But then I get my patriarchal blessing and I discover that I am also house of Israel, which is, which is interesting. Go to Mormon 8.23. Now Moroni is talking because his father's been killed in battle. And in verse 23, he says, Search the prophecies of Isaiah. Behold, I cannot write them. Yea, behold, I say unto you that those saints who have gone before me, who have possessed this land, shall cry, yea, even from the dust will they cry unto the Lord. And as the Lord liveth, he will remember the covenant which he hath made with them. So there's those saints who have gone before that possess this land. Now that sounds like the remnant. Then you go to Mormon 8.35, and Moroni says, Behold, I speak unto you as if you were present, and yet ye are not. This is the readers of the Book of Mormon today. I speak unto you. Who is you here? This is anybody who's going to have the Book of Mormon one day. And now I'm speaking to you. So it's instructive to listen to the different audiences that he addresses in the Book of Mormon. And every once in a while, like in these references I've read to you in Mormon 3, 7, and 8, he will tell you who he is, who he is writing to. The second paragraph of the title page of the Book of Mormon gives some purposes. Some say there's two, some say there's three. I think I kind of see three purposes there, which is to show unto the remnant of the house of Israel, that's the Lamanites, what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers, and that they may know the, I feel like this is another purpose, the covenants of the Lord, that they are not cast off forever, and also to the convincing of Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, manifesting himself unto all nations. So I kind of see three purposes there. What great things has God done? And this is specifically for the remnant. So what an exciting thing to go on certain missions and be able to take this book and say, this book is about your fathers and about the visit of Jesus to them. Look what great things, and look how you are not forgotten, and look how you are part of the covenants of the Lord, and that you're not cast off. And then also, to convince Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, notice this phrase, manifesting himself unto all nations. 
So this is the, the global church. This, is, this book shows that Jesus remembers all nations and that he went to them. So in my teaching, I like mostly to look at those two things, covenants and Christ, that are on the title page, that the restoration of the gospel was in fact a restoration of covenants. What's fun about the title page, and I, in the beginning of my classes, I put these side by side, is the title page of the Book of Mormon and the last page. The title page says, this is what I'm going to tell you, and the last page says, this is what I told you. And you've probably heard that old idea that if you're going to give a talk or write a book, first tell them what you're going to tell them, and then tell them, and then tell them what you've told them. <laughs> Well, the tell them what you tell what you're going to tell them is the title page. The tell them what you've told them is the last page, and then the the whole part in the middle is the tell them part. Well, what have we got on the last page of the Book of Mormon, Moroni ten thirty one? Strengthen thy stakes and enlarge thy borders forever, that thou mayest no more be confounded, that the covenants of the eternal Father which He hath made unto thee, O house of Israel, may be fulfilled. Oh wow, there's covenants of God to the house of Israel. That sounds like the title page. And then verse 32, come unto Christ, be perfected in him, and his grace is sufficient for you. So there we've got covenants in verse 31, Christ in verse 32, and something that I just one day was excited about. I went through the scriptures to find the words spotless, unspotted, and without spot. And there's some fun ones, like pure religion in the book of James is defined as to visit the widows and the fatherless in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Well, back to the title page of the Book of Mormon. The last phrase says, Condemn not the things of God that ye may be found spotless at the judgment seat of Christ. So, title page, we've got covenants, Christ, and ye may be found spotless. Last page of the Book of Mormon, Moroni 10, we've got covenants of the Lord, verse 31, come unto Christ, verse 32, and at the end of verse 33, that ye become holy without spot. To me, that's just fascinating, and it's consistent. It's going to be about covenants, about Jesus Christ, and how we may become spotless. And how, how is that? Through the atonement of Christ, the atonement, where we're brought back to Christ and we can become spotless. So for me, the title page, wonderful. Moroni, Mormon, saying this is who we are writing to and this is why. That they may know the covenants, that they may know Jesus is the Christ, and that they may be spotless. That's why we love and rejoice in having this book. So there's just a few ideas about the title page. And next week, we will start with the text. We'll see you then.